All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. We have a really great episode today with Stuart Brower from WTF Gym Talk. This episode was originally aired on the Shrugged Collective. Now, as some of you may know, we pulled the Business of Fitness podcast to the Shrugged Collective channel to be a part of their network. We did that a few months ago, but we're actually pulling it back onto our own channel. For the next four weeks, we will have new content on their channel. After that, we will redistribute that content on our own channel, Business of Fitness. And then after that one month time period, it'll be all original content on this channel, Business of Fitness. So four more episodes of new content over there, which will then redistribute on our channel. After that, we will no longer be distributing on the Shrugged Collective and just on our channel. So you subscribe here, go ahead and listen to all the episodes. Eventually, we'll be all caught up or go check us out over on the Shrugged Collective for the next four weeks and then come back over here. Either way works. But this episode with Stu, it was really, really good. And we released it a while ago. We had to re-release it because if you didn't check it out, it has a lot of nuggets for marketing. Specifically, the one that we enjoyed was this concept of having a podcast for our members. And we ended up implementing it and it's been overwhelmingly successful. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope you enjoy us diving into it. And I hope you're having a really great day. Let's go. All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm Jason Klepa, and on today's episode, we have Stu from W. TF Gym Talk, which uh, stands for uh, it, it is, there's an expletive in there. Is it? This isn't. A, is this a swear friendly podcast? Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. We'll we'll tone it down. But from uh, exactly as you'd imagine, what the fuck, Gym Talk? <laughs> but it was just originally created because those are moments. Every gym owner has a WTF moment every day. Like what? The, like the toilets overflowing. Why did you do it this way? We just all had those, and that just was a very common, uh, quick and clickbaity way for me to get people's attention. I get it. Well, we're out here in Portland, Oregon, and what I was most intrigued about with Stu is is primarily he's always walking around with the camera, always, and it's intriguing to me because he owns a gym. I know he owns a gym. He came out to California, spent some time with us, and but I know he's always creating content, and we started talking about different things. There was a few things that I was picking up on, but perhaps where we could start with this conversation is how did you get into owning uh, your own gym. Sure. And what did that background look like? Cause it's, it's, it's similar to mine. It's not, yeah. it's not very CrossFit ish. No, it's kind of old school. It's a little bit more conventional. Yeah. So in, uh, I was in college. I went to school for exercise physiology and in 2005, 2006, I find CrossFit. I discover it. I see the bear complex. Like anyone else, you have that aha moment. The bear complex. The bear complex. That's the yeah. That's how you found yeah. it. For, uh, Camacho's in it. Oh, you know, dude. Jolie is and in Jolie. it. Gentry. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good That's video. the first one. But it's like, it, that was a very dude workout. You're like a barbell. I'm going to do all this stuff with it. That's how I'm going to, that's my cardio. I move, I lift weights fast, right? Yeah. So that was very much my first entry to it. I was also doing internships with a velocity sports performance in Nashville, Tennessee. So I'd go from Ohio in college, I'd go do my internship and my internship, they were the first CrossFit Nashville and they would literally, it was like kind of like hazing. They're like, we're going to put you through the steps of this CrossFit thing. So that was my entry into it. I, uh, I got to be the, do the strength and conditioning for a couple different sporting teams at my university. I went to school. They allowed me to do that. It was to work off some community service hours I got for some disciplinary issues in college, <laughs> you know, but it was a great, you know, great yeah. practical app. Yeah. And then I graduate, I moved to Nashville and I, I started working for an affiliate there. Great dude. Gave me my first shot. I'm pretty much helping 
helping him run his gym. And I know I don't know anything about business. I know I can do this one day, but I need to get schooled in business. I went to school for exercise fizz, never took any business courses. So I go, I sell out at the time and you sell out. And back then, like CrossFit in 06, like Globo gyms were the the bad guy. Like it was us versus them. Oh yeah. So I go Globo gym and I did that for a little over two years and I did it very well. Great mentors taught me how to sell, taught me how to hire, taught me how to leadership, you know, personality traits, how to find the right people and how to it made me a little more cold and calculated. It makes you respect math sometimes a little bit more than the actual client, which I didn't like that aspect of it. So how did you know when you're, you are so you knew you wanted to open up some boutique fitness yeah. center? How did you know that like you didn't have the business acronyms? You went and you seeked it out at Gold's Gym sure. and had these other mentors because those guys are all about business. Yeah. They're less about the service, 100%. more about the business. They want the, excuse me, the client that comes in and never, you know, pays and never comes in. Right. And I didn't want that, but- I was reading the E-Myth Revisited on the couch of the micro, of the, the gym I was coaching at. We would sleep on the couch in the afternoons before the evening classes. Oh. It was that scene, right? Like old school CrossFit. And I remember writing it down, the date, the time, and I highlighted it where I had what Michael Gerber, who, who wrote the, e, the E-Myth Revisited, he calls this your entrepreneurial seizure. And that's when I looked around the gym. And I'm like, I'm doing really good at this coaching thing. I've got a lot of years under my belt now. Like I really started in the fitness scene when I was 15 years old. I was 145 pounds soaking wet as a ginger at an all-boys school playing lacrosse. Like I lived I lived for fitness and strength and conditioning. I really did. Mel Sif and all these guys and – um. But I, at that point, I was like, I need to go somewhere where someone's going to teach me the stuff that he's having a hard time. I mean, looking at the owner, he can't sell, he can't retain. We talk about things like advertising. We have no idea what we're talking about. We're talking about flyers and shit. And I'm like, who does that the best? Gold's Gym. Urban Active was the, the subsidiary, the version of Gold's Gym in Nashville at the time. So I go there, I get hired as a personal trainer. I work my way up to personal training director. I get recruited by a company in Nashville or Charlotte, North Carolina to be the district VP for their, you know, their their Kentucky locations and their Charlotte locations. So I climbed that really well. I did very well once I had the weapons. And I look at my two years at Global Gym like that was boot camp for business yeah, for me. Right. I've, I've had a very similar yeah. experience, as you know. And so you come out of that and then you decide, obviously, you you back up, you have the coaching experience, the business experience, which is a perfect recipe to start sure. off a business, Yes. right? And then you start your gym. Yeah. Now, what I'm curious about is you start your gym and you bring some unique perspectives to the gym that other people don't. And I think that there's people that listen to this podcast, majority of them are coaches and owners for sure. But there's also people who own other style of service-based um, businesses. Sure. Um, I know for a fact, um, you know, like a hair salon, massage, all that, yeah, yeah. Um, coffee shops, yeah. things like that. They listen to this, and but they're all in the same industry. Correct. Right? Service. My wife owns a salon, so we. T- I mean, I understand it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so one of the things that you and I were talking about that I, that I really found interesting was some of the things you do for marketing. Sure. And how they're a little bit outside the box, a little bit unique. So I think when most people think about marketing, they're thinking about, you know, Facebook your typical ads, yeah. Facebook ads, landing page, funnels. Exactly. And I think you do some of that as well. Sure. But what do you think, knowing your background, coming from Gold's or the Active, I think. Sure, yeah, yeah, Urban Active, yeah. Urban Active, it, yeah. And then starting your gym and kind of growing it. What have you found as unique marketing opportunities that you think other owners could take advantage yeah. of that are kind of low hanging fruit. Sure. So I did it like we were talking about the the podcast earlier, right? I think an internal podcast is something. I even did a whole podcast on why a micro gym needs a podcast and how to set it up and all that stuff. And um, I'll even shoot you a link if you guys want yeah. to dive deep into it. Like there's an entire podcast I did on this, but 
an internal one is one because again, I believe, I know that two thirds of all the business we're going to get is going to come from some sort of a referral source. Now it doesn't mean referral like what Glassman always talked about, dragging your friend in by the ears. You got to come in here. But what I call passive referrals, um, how many people ever hit you up and ask you, Hey Jace, what do you use for podcast equipment? Right. That's all a passive the, referral. They know right. you, they know you have some kind of equipment for podcasting. I get people hit me up all the time. Stu, what kind of camera are you using? They see my AirPods. Well, you like those AirPods? Like, are they comfortable? And I give them a referral. Crossfitters, the day of Crossfitters walking into the break room at work and be like, what are you guys doing? Put it down. I need to tell you about Paleo and Crossfit and AMRAPs are over. They're not doing that. It's kind of, you know, for better word, it's got a little bit of douchey. It's kind of elitist. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No What's one, the, you know all those jokes about, hey, how do you know a Crossfitter, crossfitter when you meet them? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Those memes made it really hard for people to talk about their obsession with your fitness model, but if you give them an opportunity to talk about it. So like... One of the things we do, before I go to the podcast, we do a photo shoot with our clients and we get a top-end photographer and we take them out to the city. They wear really nice branded clothes and they go out there and we take photos that rival like a Nike shoot and we give them to the clients and, and they can share them. Up, so when you're yeah. launching a new t-shirt, for yeah. example, instead of putting on your coach or whatever – you just put it on members. Well, so we'll do that. But what we with the brand for Urban Movement, all of our photo shoots are outside, and we embody Charlotte. Mm. And in whatever cities this 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 because I plan to open up another city, like we would embody that city. You know, you saw my tagline in front of me. Probably the best workout in Charlotte. If I moved to Cleveland, it'd be probably the best workout in Cleveland. And I want to embody that city. That's part of Urban Movement's brand mission is to breathe life into the city reciprocally. And and part of all that, we take them out. We do these photo shoots in urban settings. They're hanging from you know, whatever they're doing burpees over the tracks. They're on, they're doing a plank on the edge of a building on a, you know, a parking deck, whatever it is. We get these really cool shots. We give them to the clients. They feel and look amazing. Like they feel great. Like you ask them to be a model for you. Right. They, and they know that we're not Nike. They know we're a small one-time gym kind of scenario, but it is an honor. And they, they completely, what are you doing Saturday morning? I'm doing a photo shoot. Really? What are you modeling now? My gym asked me to do it. And then we give them the photos. And what do you think they use them? They share them. And they see them. If you walk into Urban Movement, you see their photos. You go into my restrooms, we have them on huge canvases all over the place. That Urban Movement and what they're doing embodies so much. So that is one way we do some well, guerrilla so marketing. To, to, to kind of like yeah. hone that in, there's really two advantages to that. I mean, obviously, you're going to provide them the, the content so sure. they can share it on social, right? Yep. Which is really cool. Yes. But then, and you're highlighting your members. Now, I have a question for that, though. How do you determine who, who, who's going to be it? We use thick and thin. We use dark skin and white. We <laughs> use tall and short. And we literally, are you available that weekend? Right. I want it. I believe, so there's a really good book called Talk Triggers. And they use these operational decisions that business uses. You know, USPs, unique sales propositions, are things like I'm cheaper. We're bigger. We're better. Those are unique sales propositions. And they only someone is only just a little bit away from getting a bigger facility or you know dropping their prices or claiming they're better where they can just meet your marketing. If you say I'm bigger, I'm you know I'm less expensive. I do this. Right. Anyone can match that. Right. But an operational difference changes it. And the best thing, and this is actually in California. You should look this up. Go to Skip's Diner. Look up Skip's Diner. You go to Skip's Diner. It's a burger joint. Who owns the burger joint? Like, what's the burger name in California? In and out. Of course. A hundred percent. Skip's Diner has never spent a penny in marketing. And what they do when you walk up to the front counter, you place an order. And then the person working the front counter takes a deck of cards, brrr, fans out an entire deck of cards in front of you. Jay, if you go ahead and you pick the Joker out of this deck of cards, everything you ordered is free. Everyone, there's a line out that door every day, and when people get the Joker, they go ape shit. Oh. They lose their mind. They call their mom. They put it on Instagram. 
and it's about two meals a day. They get two, whatever. And sometimes it's, you know, for an entire soccer team of 20 kids. And sometimes it's just one person getting a burger, but they eat that cost. That's their marketing cost, but that's an operational choice they made to stand apart. Cause when you're making burgers in and out's dope, but like, listen, how much better is one burger than the other? Right. How much better is fitness than the other? Um, little things we do, like we give our members at the end of the class, an aloe scented towel. Everyone gets a cold, damp towel. It's either eucalyptus, tea tree, or lavender. At the end, it's supposed to feel like a spa when you're done. Every class ends. It's an hour class. It ends at the 50-minute mark. We do a deep stretch recovery, and everyone gets a cold towel brought out by the front desk girl or another coach, whatever it is. And that is just a talk trigger. That's just something when someone comes back from a class and they're like, how was your workout at Spin at Soul Cycle? Great. How was your workout at Barry's Boot Camp? Good. How was your... What's one thing that's different? We just do this one little thing. And we've played around with guerrilla marketing, things like that, to make operational. I've always thought about, we did $10,000 in Facebook ads last year. I'm like, man, I really just don't like spending $10,000 to Zuckerberg. I just don't like it. What if I bought $10,000 of, I got two Panthers tickets, season tickets, four tickets to the to the Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets, and I got four tickets to our minor league baseball team, which is in downtown Charlotte that everybody loves going to. And I went ahead and, you know, Sally's walking out the door. I'm like, what are you doing tonight? She's like, nothing, just hanging out. Like, you, give her the tickets. you want tickets? Like, yeah. What do you mean? And do you not think that she would, are you serious? And she would call her friends? I'm like, my gym gave me tickets. Who gave you tickets? Do you not think I would get tagged in every photo they took when they were at that game? I think about things like that in a guerrilla marketing sense of doing an oper making an operational decision that makes me different, not relying on being the best or the biggest or the whatever because I can't day trade on it, which is why we have probably the best workout in Charlotte. Because I can't guarantee we're the best. I can't. I mean, workouts are workouts. But what I can do is I can create operationally cho operational choices to give you an amazing, different client experience. Like my coffee shop. It's not. We've already have three gyms that copied it. We have three gyms that put coffee shops inside, like big upfits that went ahead and done it. Yeah, it's just it was different and unique. Uh -huh. And so you do these outdoor photo shoots, yeah. which obviously you know you you get a variety of members. They share it. Yeah. But what I'm really also interested in is that you utilize this podcast, and so. Would you say that any owner of a gym needs to provide tools to their members to then share. basically ammunition Correct. to go and share? 100%. Because if you're not giving it to them, then they don't have anything to go share, yeah. right? And so the podcast is a really interesting way. So basically you pick somebody. Um, how do you pick them? You just kind of walk yeah. up to them and so say, I think, hey, would you like to be on the podcast? Yeah, I think it looks like this. I think literally you could think about it. You could do it very infrequently. I would tell gym owners, start infrequently. Start doing it just one time a month, right? Because you and me both know gym owners get really excited about an idea and they just don't follow through. Right. So come up with a goal, maybe do one interview a month or one every other week and literally just go ahead and pick a member at random that you think would be a good conversationalist, someone that you think would be excited to be on. And that's a very subjective thing, but just yep. pick somebody and it's maybe a 10 to 20 minute interview and all you're interested in is that that person. It's like I coach people in sales. The first 10 minutes of a consultation, you don't talk about fitness or why they're here or anything. You talk about them. You talk about like, oh, it's like that awkward little small talk kind yeah, of right, thing. Like, right. what do you do? You got kids, you got a dog, like all that stuff. Because gyms are also, because for you and me, they're businesses, they're revenue centers. But for gyms, for a lot of people, it's where they go to meet a mate maybe or a best yep, friend or a roommate. Yep, yep, yep. And do you not think that the guy who thinks the girl's cute in your gym, in, in the gym, and then she's on the podcast, you don't think he's going to listen to it? Or are you going to want to learn more about that person? Or maybe you hear some like, I didn't know he was in an architect. I'm looking to hire an architect. There's so much networking, like so much amazing ROI that is long tail and not even measurable, available with this stuff. I, I really like that idea. I think that that's a really good point. And yeah. you guys could turn it on in a second with oh, your Oh, we setup. could totally turn it on. So I, I think that any boutique fitness owner, boutique business, it's, it's really interesting the way you look at marketing dollars. So dollars. So you look at Facebook spend $10,000, but 
but instead maybe I go buy tickets to a yeah. whatever game. That's a super different way. Sure. But what I think you're doing that I'm intrigued on, I mean, how much success have you actually seen yeah. by creating this content? So you give the member of the podcast, sure. they, they share it on, let's just say Facebook. They might have, I don't know, who cares, 500 friends. But that's 500 friends. Maybe the majority of them live in your area. 100%. It's great marketing. But but what have you actually seen come yeah. from, let's just say, the, the tickets, let's just, let's just yeah, narrow yeah, yeah. down. The tickets, the photos, the podcast. What have you actually seen? Have you actually had people come in the door because of these things? We So I'm really big on but the first line of questioning at Urban Movement that you ask someone. The very first word vomit I tell people is, how did you hear about us? And then there's only four sources of what we call origins of procurement. There is search engine, social media, physical location. I drove by or walked by. And then I was actually physically just referred by a friend. Those are like the main. I saw something. I search engine you. I yeah. social media you. Those are the four. There's two follow-up questions each one of those, but on the on to cut to your question, when somebody tells us they came in and they found us via like, oh my friend, he does whatever, we literally record it and write it down. It goes into our CRM and we make a note. So that at the end of a month, we can sit back and we can actually have a conversation and be like, all right, guys, we signed up, let's say we signed up nine people this month. Great, we netted nine. Out of those nine that we netted, where did they come from? What was their origin of procurement? And then give me the qualitative not quantitative, but qualitative data that tells me that it's somehow through seven degrees of connection connects to this thing potentially. Now, there are some that's just a dead end. It's just like, no, they just drove by and saw us, yeah, right? That kind right, of thing. And right. that's perfectly fine. But on a long enough timeline, it literally, like we start hearing like, I know my favorite is when a gym tells me, oh, I had people come in now. They're like, oh, you're the gym that has the podcast she listens to all the time. And they're referring to the member that referred them. She said she's always listening to your podcast. And, and that podcast can not only be interviewing members, wouldn't it not be great, like just like you guys do in video format, for two coaches at a micro gym to sit down and tell, hey, guys, so it's Stu and Jason. We're talking about our programming for this week. We want to talk about what you got looking at your face, well, you know, what's going to be facing you this yep, week and yep. how you could tackle it, just like you do for the NC Collective. Right. So you're making it four members by, by, coaches, met, yeah. by, the, by the owner, by the coaches. Correct. And so, but like, I mean, realistically, I mean, you're tracking these metrics, it sounds like. Sure. As close I mean, as you can to qualitative data. But I mean- I, let's just put it this way. For the time it takes you to interview somebody, which is, let's just say, 30 minutes, yep. plus setting it up, let's just say yep. total time an hour. Oh, yeah. And the podcast gear we're talking about, I mean, but the, the podcast yep. gear we're, we are using right now yes. is probably, I don't know, 1000 bucks yeah. total, Yeah. right? You're going to make back that investment with one new member. With one new member. And I think it's honestly, I am such a branding over marketing guy. It's, right. it's to a fault too. Honestly, it's to a fault. I am so much more what people think of us as a company versus the actual transaction. And, you know, I think also like when you get into, and it's hard for gym owners listening to this. I know a lot of you guys who are like, I need transactions now, dude. I need money now. This branding stuff that me and Jay are talking about this is long tail ROI. Yeah. And you have to have a very, you have to be a zoomed out gym owner. Like we talk about zooming in and zooming out all the time on calls. Zooming out is like when you really are playing chess, not checkers. And if you can wrap your head around playing chess and you're like, man, but the branding plays here are really where I'm going to win because in a world where we are no longer going to be able to afford Facebook ads soon enough, we yeah. will be priced yeah, out so are, quick. And you're able to control the content. You're yes. able to control who sees it because of the algorithms. So, and it doesn't take much, no. I think, the answer. You could commit to once a month. Yes. And yeah. if you're not very good speaking on microphone, you could have one of your coaches potentially yeah. do it with them. But I think what's really cool is you're bringing up a new source to give ammunition to our people to share. Yeah. And I think that's something that we, frankly, have thought of. We yeah. just haven't done it for yeah. our actual gym members. And we need to. Yeah. So in addition to that, one of the other things that you and I were talking about earlier that I felt like any owner can contribute to 
is this idea of networking, connecting with uh, local businesses. And you were talking about how in Charlotte, these basically these urban areas are yeah. trending over from warehouses, yeah. now trendy coffee shops. Economy's shops. great. Old warehouses are turning into new stuff. So what are you doing? Again, we're, we're pinpointing specific items for owners, right? We're, we're thinking about how do we, these are, these are longer tail items. Yes. I agree with maybe some short, you know, benefit, but long tail. And the, the thing I love about what you're talking about, both the things you're about to share is that they're completely in your control. Sure. The podcast is 100% in your control. You don't have to worry about any algorithm yeah. or any boosting capabilities. Yeah. Right. So tell me about what do you do for the local companies and what byproduct have you seen from that? Because it's a little interesting. 100%. And one thing I'm going to say, you and me produce so much content, we take it for granted. Do you know how much fun it is, the gym owners that tell me when they start doing this? I actually have a lot of fun doing it. Like, I probably should be doing more of something else, but I really like editing the podcast. Now, we're not trying to give owners a bunch of busy work on something that doesn't pay, but I find gym owners get very excited. And anecdotally, like there's a gym I work at the CrossFit Morai up in Canada. They started a local one. Guess who they got on it by episode seven? Austin Maliolo, who you know really well. Yeah. And that's a, for a CrossFit gym, having Austin come on your podcast is a cool, cool thing to do. Like, that is amazing. And, but that, it was just an organic little CrossFit Mirai. They did a couple episodes and they reached out. They said, hey, yeah. we, we started this little podcast and we made an episode where we talked about this thing you had talked about on yours. Would you mind coming on ours? Now, do you know how many members are listening to Austin Maliolo? Because a lot of other CrossFit members at their gym are also fans of Austin. It's just like that little, and it, but it's fun for them too. It's marketing that's fun. Because you know what's not fun? Creating a Facebook ad. Yeah, not right, fun at all. Right, right, right. But going to the, the B2B. I'm a huge fan of, again, long tail ROI on making friends with all the other businesses in town. I know you are a huge proponent of walking 100%. by, shaking hands, handing a flyer out, and and as am I. I like to invite them in. I think you can get them in the coming in for the podcast, and I think everyone here does an open. They do a Friday Night Lights, or they do what we call it sweat socials. We do it every single month. DJ, vendors, it's a good time. You can biz dev and bring people in. And then how can you help them too? So like, for example, we will go ahead and say, listen, coffee shop. And I've got one on in-house, but we will go to other ones. Like, we sure you probably have early morning traffic, right? We'll literally go ahead and put free class passes right here on your front desk, whatever it is. Would you love, but like, tell me how you started this. You know what, as human beings, we love doing more than anything else? Talking about ourselves. Yeah, and share. Talking yeah. about ourselves. Yes. So like, well, I started off, my dad owned a coffee shop, then I did this, or I owned a food truck and it turned to this. Like, great, th I love this. Would you like to share this on our podcast? And again, most people have never been interviewed on a podcast. I think this is things like you and me, we almost take for granted because we do this all the time. But people like, it. you kind of have like that 15 minutes of fame moment where you feel like, no, I would love to. Thank you so much. Like that's yeah, it's be an honor. They show up ten minutes early. They're super nervous. Like, and this is on the same podcast you do. Yeah, for your members. correct. So, I think it needs to be right. So let's just say when we start ours, yes. we have our collective, which is for gym owners and coaches. Yeah. Then I have Amrap mentality, yep. which is a little bit mindset, whatever. But this would be like let's just call it NC Fit. Fit yeah, and so it would be members, yep. but then also be like, hey guys, we have a local gym. Yeah, it's right. The down local the street, microbrewery, the, the local, local sandwich shop. Right. Whatever. Let me tell you the story about yeah. that. And. Now, I think what's interesting that you're going to bring up is that now they share that with their community. Correct. Of course. They're, they're going to. And, and it's all local. 100%. It's all local. Like, literally, it's why I hashtag, it's why I trademarked sweat local. Like, yeah. I want to sweat local, drink local, lift local, live local, drive local, everything. Well, and that's we, how you're going to capitalize and get people in your gym. 100%. Right? And yeah. if for most of us who don't have franchise aspirations, we're going to be a one and done shop. Right. Most microgens will be one and done. If you don't own your local community, be hyper local. I tell someone, I say, what's the goal of being a, a micro gym owner? To walk in the grocery store. This is my opinion. Walk into a grocery store and see people wearing your shirts that you don't know. Right. 
right. you, that you don't know. That is my that is the goal for any business owner here that's listening that owns a gym. You walk in, you see people wearing your brand that you don't know. That's really interesting. You know, because when you talk about like Facebook ads, social ads, obviously you centralize them towards your demographic, yeah. your area. But the, the reach is, is smaller because you're just kind of condensed in an area. Yeah. But instead of going primarily on social through paid ads, you're saying, well, dude, just go knock on the door and tell stories about local companies because those are the people that live nearby that are driving to the local brewery Correct. who are now going to be your potential customer. I mean, it's just another way of looking at this. When people like. tell me it doesn't work, that's literally why I'm sitting here in front of you. I literally was the guy in 2006 when I found this and I found it like I was literally the guy who looked up the guys like James Fitzgerald and Jason Kalipa and JP and the only reason I'm sitting in your hotel room right now is because I put out content on content on content 440 or 30 some videos now over and over and over again. The first video didn't do anything for me. The seventh video, the 27th, the 57th, but doing it consistently over and over is seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, like that game. Like it's, it, that's how this whole thing works and that's how the whole world works. Now tell me this though, if you're a gym owner or any type of owner out there and you're spending, how much time is too much time? Sure. Because you know, you, you, yep. you probably have systems and procedures in place. Yeah. What if you're owner operator, Yep. right? But you want to use these, uh, when I'm talking to you, the reason why I'm intrigued is because I look at this as in a supplemental additional component to market your business. Correct. But this shouldn't, just like retail, like t-shirts. T-shirts are awesome. Great. You can't spend 20 hours a week doing no, t-shirts. No, designing it and figuring it out 100%. So here's the two tools. Number one is Anchor for your phone. It is a free app. Anchor.fm is a free app for your phone. You literally, I could call you, Jason, on the Anchor app, just give you a phone call. You and me could have the podca- podcast over the phone. It would record it to Anchor, instantly uploads it to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere where there is a podcast. It will upload it for free, 100% right there from your phone. Anchor. Anchor.fm, people. It is amazing. And can you edit it on there as well? You can edit it on there. You can trim it. Your guys probably, I guarantee your guys know about Anchor. They literally just got a huge round of funding uh, about two years ago. It is an amazing product, okay? So Anchor.fm. Number two for video editing is Magisto, M-A-G. I-S-T-O. Everyone's probably familiar with Vimeo. It's yeah, like YouTube's like little brother, right? Yeah. Um, competing companies, but Vimeo created Magisto, which is AI-based video editing. A gym owner can randomly take their phone haphazardly, and they could go ahead, turn it sideways, and they can just capture random scenes of the gym. And let's say they end up capturing four minutes of footage, and they're like, I just want to create a cool little montage clip. They could upload those video, those all those clips to Magisto. Tell Magisto, I want out of the four minutes, I just want a 30-second video. The AI will go ahead and it will condense everything down. You will pick a theme with different graphics. You will pick music that is copyright free. You can get some hood trap music in there or you can get something subtle and chill. Maybe it's a really nice testimonial about Sally losing 40 pounds and it will AI edit it in under six minutes from the time you upload to the time you select the graphics to the time whatever in under six minutes you have a video i literally the vlog two vlogs ago i went all in on my g so told everyone about it it is insane i should have had some referral link there some affiliate what? link yes so you could take uh, let's just say you're you're you and again i, I hate only talking to gym owners because there's other people sure but you're a any gym of these owner. service and yeah. yeah any you're, of these service you're taking these clips right yes and, and you're, you're shooting you're, with your phone yep yeah. you're just capturing it and you're 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 not a videographer guys yeah, i know right. that you, whatever business you have i know you don't get it but you you could get enough if you can take a decent selfie you can do this and upload it and the ai will cut the pieces it'll even cut the cuts like boom 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 to the music of whatever you select what it's 2019 baby it is there's no excuse anymore to not be making content wow and so okay well then pitch you know if i'm sitting here sharing i think some commitments that i think owners can think about you know we talk about building your business and 
people don't just walk in the door anymore. And you're right. One of the things you said that I'm really resonating with is back in the day, man, everybody preached the the CrossFit, I mean, hard. Yes. And now it's a little bit more subtle. People are doing it, but it's a little bit more like... And they know their friend might be committed to Orange Theory, you know, Orange yeah, Theory or whatever. whatever. They're just like, whatever, you do fitness, I do fitness. We don't need to like intertwine. We, we, yeah. we're, we're good. And I think what you're sharing though is like, even if it's once a month for this podcast, that's just another tool in the toolbox to get more people aware of what you're doing. And it takes maybe a total of your time, a couple hours tops. Yeah. And that information, that data stays forever. So you could always have, as your podcast grows and you get more episodes, you'll see the episodes in the past start to grow. And then they're going to continue to share and whatnot. You it's- want some growth hacks, guys? Here's some real quick. Here's some growth hacks. When you're interviewing people for your podcast, members, ask about their personal life. So who's your roommate? Tell me about your roommate. Oh, her name's Carol, whatever. Because guess what happens as soon as she leaves the podcast? She's going to text her friend, oh my oh, God, I totally about, talked yeah. about it. Yeah. And yeah. guess what Carol's going to do? She's going to listen because she wants to know if she talked any shit. Like, yeah. that's exactly what's going to happen. Very, very interesting. I am... Um, I'm so intrigued that the podcast and the video thing that you brought up, very, very cool. Because what we're talking about, I hate using the word hack, sure. right? But uh, but simplifying. Correct. I'm not a very technical guy. Yeah. And you know we have a we have a great team at NC Fit that helps me with all this because basically I just record and just send it off. Yeah. And I don't even know what happens to it after that. But it sounds like to me there's there's systems and there's. Very simple ways that you can solo one man do this. And listen, guys, I know you're listening. I know you're like, I can't, I'm doing enough as it is all right, right now. And I, I'm here to tell you, I don't know what other option you have. I know I'm not trying to give anyone another hat. I'm really not, but I don't know what other option you have. If you're not going to storytell in the form of video photo and then audio and even anyone listening if anyone's listening to this and you're not even posting if you're not even posting a photo a day to any of your social media handles i would probably recommend you start there right right? like i like to get people up to a consistent a.m an afternoon and a p.m three times a day right nice and steady i like and you're saying before we even talk about this longer format podcast you'd like to see photo because it's the simplest like couple photos a day on what correct Instagram, Instagram yeah so I generally I like both I both like both platforms I talk to people what I call a tagging campaign um, a lot of gyms uh, have someone in membership that recreationally or professionally does photography and they're generally able to create a barter out system or you could professionally go ahead and just pay the $150 for a two-hour shoot have someone come in and generally the instructions I give um, and this is what I was doing in our small groups over the weekend you tell the photographer, I need 150 photos from you before you leave here today. And what I need you to do is, let's say you have a 15-person class. I need 10 photos of each person. 10 photos of each person, 15 people in class, 150. You're going to go ahead and send those to me. I've got them. And now it's what I call a tagging campaign. When you're uploading to Instagram and Facebook, guess what we do, kids? We tag the client. When you tag Sally in it, her friends, family, and coworkers have a higher likelihood of seeing that NC Fit tagged Sally. Now, here's the scenario. Me and Jason, we were talking about passive referrals earlier, right? They're not as direct and aggressive anymore. Sally is at work, and Tom comes up to her and goes, hey, listen, did you hear the meeting got changed to Boardroom 7? By the way, your gym, I swear to God, every time I open up my phone, I see a photo of you uploaded by your gym. What? They're just blowing you up. Were, were you climbing a rope? What, what, what was that? Where is that gym? Where do you go to? Now they have opened the conversation, and now Sally can actually make that passive referral because she's not having the kick in the door like, hey, Jim, what are you eating for lunch right, today? Right, you got right, to right, paleo. Right. Check out my gym. Like, and now that's how that conversation gets started. Because I would tell you, people are always trying to figure out, they're, Stu, what should I write in my ads? I'm like, honestly, the best thing we could ever write in our ads is if we could secretly mic up our clients when they go home and we listen to how they talk about us. The language they use when they describe us is the best marketing language because it's authentic, it's not incentivized, and it's generally truthful. 
truthful in the eye of the customer, I consider it like urban movement's the best this. But if the customer's like, you know, it's kind of like CrossFit urban movement, but it's just not as like, elite. I don't know, I just don't feel that vibe like I got a CrossFit. Like if that's the marketing language a, cl a client of mine is using to describe to their friend and that's what gets them to come in, I should also be using that marketing language as well. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah. that's that's good. I mean, I think, yeah, it's really, it's really a different way of looking at it. You know, when you look at building a social channel, I think oftentimes people are thinking about how many followers can I get? What you're really saying is you're trying to dive deeper with the followers you already have yeah. to get the network a little bit bigger, yeah. a little bit bigger. Because having 10,000 followers that doesn't help you kind of thing, if yeah. 9,000 of them are outside the, the area, unless you have a digital product you yeah. can sell them. And so what you want to focus on is you only need, hell, yeah. 500 followers yeah. as long as all those are members to your gym. 100%. Hey, ask any gym owner, what do you have more of, followers on Facebook or members? They'll say followers on Facebook, 100%. Right. Those are what we call lurkers. Yeah, your grandma follows you too. Like, like take out your relatives or whatever. Right. You have people who lurk. I have people that literally will send me a message. And like, in, you know, compared to like what Jason has, my Instagram following for WTF Gym Talk is minuscule. But what I have is complete depth. Like I literally get any day, I'll get 10 to 30 DMs from the 3,000 people that follow me on Instagram. So if I can get 1% of them messaging me on an average basis with good context, like, hey, I'm coming to the Self-Made Summit. Dude, I'll see you at, you know, in uh, Portland, that kind of thing. Right. It is depth versus width, people. It is depth versus yeah, width. you sound like Gary Vee right now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's for a micro gym where you're only gonna be effective to in a four to seven mile radius if you're in the city and maybe a 10 to 12 mile radius when you're a rural, you know, kind of country town. Why, like, what What does 10,000 do for you? Yeah. It, what does it do for you? You know? So, so start with pictures, tagging them. I yeah. think that's a really, that's a really key, 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 key thing. Correct. And a quick thing on that, you got to be careful though. There's a lot of, uh, if they have their privacy settings set accordingly, you won't be able to tag them. So maybe guys, when you have that photographer come in, obviously give your members yeah, a right, heads up, right. ask them to wear some branded gear, you know, kind of thing. And here's the thing is always elongate the programming that day in the coaching and the warm up. Because we all know what people look like once that three, two, one go looks. It's not an attractive look. It's not drools hanging out. You look like Dan Bailey with your tongue out kind of scenario. It's not good. So you elongate the parts that are going to allow you to capture. And I'm stealing this from Tyronet. Moments, not movements. The goal is to capture a moment. A place, think of a picture like a girl holding a barbell in the front rack position. She's laughing because the coach said something right, funny. Right, right. That is what you want to capture. Right. Um, you know, I would recommend there's two gyms that I think do it well. Well, mine and then Shenandoah Fit is like one of the first gyms I've worked out of, out of Virginia. Any of you guys who are looking, when I say moments, not movements, go check out Sean Ryder's gym. It's called Shenandoah Fit. I think his photographer, who he got when CrossFit HQ did a huge firing of their media team, he got someone to come in who does amazing photography and videography for him. And he he captures moments, not movements over probably better any than any gym I've ever seen, in my opinion. So guys, go creep on his page, um, and uh, and you'll see exactly what I mean. But yeah, I think you start with the photographs, because it's the lowest barrier entry for these guys to just get warmed up to the idea yeah. of consistent content. You get warmed up, then you transition onto these podcasts we've been yes. talking about, yeah. outdoor photo shoots, yeah. and um, yeah, you kind of build up this foundation. If you're not doing this well, but I, I, I like the longer format, I like the fact that you could dive deeper with this yeah. member, and to your point, I think I sometimes underestimate it, people there's value in people feeling like kind of like a little celebrity-ish by being on a yeah. podcast and sometimes i take that for granted yeah and i think that's a big deal so I, i'm super stoked that we got a chance to talk yeah, about this there are a number of different things we haven't really talked about much on this show we kind of dive into a lot of different subjects if people want to know more about you sure um 
WTF Gym Talk. Surprisingly enough, guys, that handle was not taken. So it's just WTF Gym Talk on anything. YouTube uh, is where the vlog goes, Facebook and Instagram. Um, yeah, nobody had that originally. Weird. So that was all mine. And if they're ever in Charlotte, come see you. I'll come down to Urban Movement. I'll buy you a cup of coffee. We'll sit down and talk shop. It's just probably going to be on camera. Okay, hopefully everybody can go ahead and go have uh, Stu buy you, him a, buy you a cup of <laughs> yeah, coffee. I'm going to regret that. Yeah, <laughs> thousands of people are going to show up. <laughs> hey, guys. Well, hey, I hope everybody has a phenomenal day. And uh, Stu, thank you very much for Absolutely. taking the time. Thank and you, we'll, uh, we'll talk to everybody soon.